podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi and welcome again to The Paddock and the Pavilion with your host Stephen Wallace for the second part of our Silver Ashes series with England's victorious skipper John Evans. This time we have also gone into the Australian camp to talk to their wicketkeeper, Murray Harrison. I hope you enjoyed part one, which you will find on Apple Podcasts, Google and Spotify. But let's hear all about Sunday's second One Day International from John Evans and Murray Harrison. Welcome back, John. Ashes winner. How does that sound as England captain? Yeah, very, very delighted. A uh, little bit relieved, but um, uh, yeah, we 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 backed up uh, the first win with a, a good performance in the second game. It didn't come without a few little scares. Uh, the Australians were, were, as we expected, more positive and um, you know really striving to to uh, level the series. But we did manage to come on top, despite the fact I think there was twice when I was a bit concerned. Well, we'll come on to that in a minute when we talk about the game. Uh, you said you had family connections at Wellington. Did you find that photo of your dad in the ground? Yeah, I did. Yeah, um, uh, it was right in the top corner, uh, the oldest photo I think uh, showing. And dad, as a young man, was on there with a very, very old-looking team. It was 1947 Wellington first team, and dad was by far the youngest person on there. I'm guessing. It was post-war, and uh, uh, but um, the the club have been fantastic. They've sent me a um, a copy down of, of of that print, and uh, yeah, I've shared it with my family, etc. Yeah. Oh, nice to go back there, then, wasn't it? Yeah, it was brilliant. And uh, interestingly, the, I met a guy who was at primary school, and we played in the same football team together. He's a big man at Wellington, a fellow called Norman Ross. And then the groundsman came to me. He said. Was Bill Evans your dad? And I said yes. And he said, "Oh, um, he was my teacher." So um, the groundsman was obviously in his fifties or sixties because uh, Dad would have been a hundred this year if he'd have if he'd have carried on. But uh, yeah, so uh, that that was all lovely, really nice. What were the celebrations like after the game? Yeah, pretty pretty good. Um, we uh, not not you know massively excessive because quite a few people had journeys back. Other people were staying in hotels. But um, those of us who were staying locally uh, had a bit of a celebration, yes. (laughs) No nightclubs then? (laughs) No, no, not the age of 70. (laughs) Turning to the game, which you you won by 91 runs, um, you... What about the team? What you you talked about an injury in the last podcast? Yeah, Ian Corns, bless him. He 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 got an injury in the first game, and he let us know on the morning that he wasn't hundred percent fit. So uh, he didn't he didn't play. Um, so I shoved up to opening, and uh, you know everybody and the rest shuffled around. Uh, but uh, it was only only the one person. But um, yeah, we uh, we managed to. Uh, sort of get enough runs in the end, despite sort of our middle order not really sparking brilliantly. You won the toss you, and you just decided the bat. Was that always the, the decision you were going to make? Um, I've always been a bit of a bat-first person. Both Tom Wood and I, um, the Australian skipper, 
both sort of remarked that it was a toss that we didn't mind losing because <laughs> we weren't sure what the wicket was going to do. There'd been a bit of rain about. Uh, it, it looked good, but it did look like there was a little bit of give in it. And, and it did prove that there was a bit in it for bowlers, but but you could bat on it as well. I mean, it, it was a good cricket wicket and the groundsman did a great job considering the rain they'd had earlier in the week and even the odd shower on the Saturday. Uh, I went to watch the game on the Saturday and you could see that the bowlers were, were slightly on top in that game. You did a recce on Saturday, yeah. Yeah, we did. There was a little group of us went and had a beer there and uh, had a look at it, the ones who were staying over, yeah. But you made a good start. You added 76 for the first wicket with Andrew Peters. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were fairly positive. Um, uh, they bowled pretty tight. Colin Cook and uh, Ron Kasputis uh, bowled, you know, some good balls. But there was an occasional bad ball that we both put to, put away quite well. You talked about a few hiccups on the way up. Looking at the score sheet, you were 110 for one and then you slipped to 150 for six. Yeah. Um, Derek Tao was batting number three with me. We were going along quite nicely. Then he smacked a ball back at Ian Southall and he took an absolutely brilliant catch about three feet away from me. I was backing up and uh, Derek smacked it and he, he, he took that. That's incredibly one-handed and celebrated. I shook his hand because it was an amazing catch for a 70-year-old. And then I managed to cloth a long hop straight down to Tom Wood at uh, mid-wicket. So suddenly three wickets. And then their leg spinner, uh, Mike Riley, bowled very well and took three wickets. So suddenly, yeah, as you said, we that, that was the one area, one time when I thought, ooh, this could get a bit shaky. But fortunately, Nick Nick Andrews and Tim Smith and then uh, Steve Shepard uh, batted really well to get us up to a, a decent score. We mustn't forget that opener, John Evans. He got uh, 57 off 84 balls. Yeah, it was, it was another one of those ones where I was really pleased to do that. But also, having got there, I was a bit disappointed not to kick on. But, you know... Yeah, it, how often do bad balls get wickets? Lots of times, don't they? And this time it was long hop, managed to get one. <laughs> I smacked it straight to mid-wicket. There you go. I missed that because I did go on the stream a couple of times and you were, I saw you get your 50. Right. And the next time I looked, um, you weren't there, so I missed no. it. No, <laughs> no. Sadly, I had to walk off with my tail between my legs. Nick Andrews and, and Tim Smith, though, they added uh, 62 for the seventh wicket. Yeah, I, th- I think that was a really crucial partnership. And and then when Nick did get out for a very good 38, I think, um, Steve Shepard carried on, um, got a good 16 not out at the end. And though, and, and that was one of the differences. They they didn't have that quality down their order. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, I was very relieved that, I mean, we Nick and Tim and and Steve are are real good all rounders who who probably bat pretty high up for their counties. Were you confident with the score of uh, two hundred thirty six for eight? Um, yes, fair, uh, fairly. I said to the fellas, if we bowl well, um, we'll be fine. Uh, but there was a, a period where, um, despite we had a very good start. There were a couple of their their players who who started to make us think a little bit and look like they might be able to get because it it never really got above um, six and over for for quite a while uh, until those wickets went. To be fair, 
Yeah, they Australia slumped to forty one for three, then recovered to one hundred and fourteen, hundred and fourteen for for three, effectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was um, Ian Petherick and um, and Kevin Lanigan uh, batted very well together. Um, um, Kevin, in particular, used his feet well to our spinners, uh, but then um, our spinner, our two spinners, uh, Mickey Kenny and, and uh, Martin Southwell, sort of tied it down for a couple of overs then we had a crucial run out and uh and then um that was Derek Tau the vice captain who who uh who sorted that out from the boundary and then he caught um he caught Kevin Lanigan uh right on the boundary and after that it was uh a one-way traffic really they Murray came in and had a a go at it which he had to do uh but hold out and uh you know suddenly you know they're they they were struggling from from looking like you know those two might get close or or even go on to win it we we sort of uh in the end 91 runs it sounds as though it was a, a breeze but there were as i said there were a couple of times in that game where i thought oh this could get tight yes australia bowled out for 149 and uh, you must be pleased with your bowling attack you had six bowlers and all of them got a wicket yeah, that they, I mean, as as skipper, they're a joy. Uh, uh, they they complement each other, and, and I think one of the biggest difference too is the fielding. Our fielding uh, backs up our bowling tremendously well. Our, I mean, uh, I, we've got one guy I've never seen. I've never seen a fielder like him for a seventy-year-old fellow called Mickey Stafford. He is absolutely unbelievable in the field. You you put him to long off. And you don't need a long on either. <laughs> He's incredible. He is like a whippet around the field. And the rest of us, you know, we sort of got reasonable hands and we've got three or four decent arms. So um, not including the captain, of course, but, uh, you know, some of the other guys can can throw it well. Nick Nick Andrews for one and Derek Tau another. So, yeah, the, the, but for the, the bowling attack is just, you know, we're not, we're not carrying anyone. I mean, I've got probably... Six bowl, six main bowlers, and there are a couple who could bowl you some a few overs as well. So uh, yeah, it's it's, okay. it's a joy for the captain that bit. A shout out then for Mickey Stafford. Where does he come from? What can you tell him? Tell yeah, us. He, he's uh, he's played good cricket for Middlesex. I, I've got a feeling he may have played second second eleven cricket for Middlesex. He's the sixties first team captain for Middlesex, and uh, he's a good all rounder. We need a view now from uh, our guest today, Murray Harrison, uh, who kept wicket again for Australia. Yeah, Murray. Uh, he got uh, three catches. He, yeah, he did. He kept he kept very well, and he keep he kept he kept the team in both games. He was encouraging the team and uh, um, you know supporting the bowlers and and G and everybody up. Uh, uh, as a good keeper will do, and uh, as I said, probably in the first game, it was a massive surprise to me because he he yorked me in the uh, in the game at Coogee when I'd had a few runs, and it's suddenly good ball out of nowhere, bowled a good spell in in Coogee, and then of course here he is keeping wicket, so it's a bit of a surprise. Well, let's find out his thoughts on the second ODI. Thanks for joining us, Murray. Uh, my pleasure, uh, Stephen. I... I uh, I hope to um, say something that might be slightly interesting. <laughs> I'm sure you will.
how do you reflect on uh, on the game last Sunday? Oh, we were uh, we were we were clearly soundly beaten, um, uh, and and in the first game, I think uh, uh, we our bowling, I thought was uh, was 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 very good. Uh, I thought the uh, scores that England made in both games, to be honest, was. Um, uh, was a, a, a gettable score, uh, particularly Sunday's game. I thought that was below par on that uh, on that wicket on that day. Uh, but our batting is uh, hasn't been good enough. Um, it's as simple as that. Uh, uh, England's bowling and fielding has been uh, has been a very high standard, and we haven't been up to the task. So we've still got one game to go to uh, to show our mettle. So, did you think on on Sunday when you reached uh, 114 for three, you still had a good chance of winning the game? Uh, we had a we had a fair chance, I guess. Um, uh, uh, to be honest, I came in at that stage, and uh, uh, um, I thought uh, we were, you know, if I if I'd uh, been able to do what I thought I could do, we we might be a chance. And I uh, I held out to Mickey Kenyon very early. Um, uh, I, I, I probably went a bit too early, but uh, we were well behind the eight ball. I think at that stage. Um, uh, uh, we'd lost three early wickets, uh, Ian and Kevin uh, put on a very good partnership, and then Ian got unfortunately run out. I thought we had to go a bit harder. We were, I think the run rate was about six or seven and over at that stage for the next you know, twenty overs, um, which I don't think was out of the question. But uh, I was, I obviously had to uh, had to um, uh, be a significant contributor to that, and I failed. So I. Uh, I try to put it out of my mind, to be honest, Stephen, at the minute. <laughs> so did the England side surprise you? Oh, no. The, the, uh, we played them in February in Australia, as you know, and uh, and um, they uh, have improved since then even. They, they beat us 2-1 in Australia. Um, uh, having played uh, for a number of years now in the 60s, uh, I was very familiar with... Um, uh, a number of the of the England players, and I was aware that the the guys that they brought in uh, were all very good players. Um, uh, frankly, England has raised the bar at the seventies level. There, uh, uh, I think John talked about the fact they left out uh, some some very good players in in, in this squad, and uh, the reality is their squad is very strong. Uh, uh, we're frankly um, behind the eight ball on a, on, a, on a number of levels. Uh, that uh, you know we have to go home and address, um, but we do start from from a uh, uh, from a relatively uh, you know more difficult position on a couple of couple of counts. One is that our our side is uh, is significantly older than the England side. Uh, England, I think, have six guys who are seventy this year. Uh, we have four guys who are seventy five and over, and uh, that has shown up in the field. There's no there's no question about that. But I think, uh, as I say, we need to uh, uh, to have a think about that and how we go about uh, uh, catching up in the in the future. The the advantage that I'm I'm talking about is that uh, you know we're such a big country. We we literally uh, have a national championship where we get to play each other. Um, each of the states play each other uh, once a year for for one week. Uh, we all go to one uh, one venue. We play a national championship once once a year. And apart from a few other games um, between states uh, uh, during the year, that's that that's really our one and only opportunity to test ourselves against each other. 
Uh, England, of course, uh, had a, a county uh, set up now going for, for many years, and you have that uh, that sort of competition every week over here. Um, so so your guys are not only younger, but they're, they're, they're more match-hardened than we are, to be honest. Um, I don't uh, I don't believe that they're unbeatable by any stretch. I think um, you know we've had a couple of uh, there were a couple of instances that uh, just didn't go our way in the in the second game. Uh, uh, John might not appreciate the fact that we thought it, we thought we had LBW in the first over, to be honest. Um, and then our uh, and then our captain got out early. Uh, he's a he's an excellent batsman. He made uh, he made ninety in the game that we won in Australia, uh, and losing him. Uh, uh, early in both the first and second uh, second ODIs this year hasn't helped our, our cause at all. But uh, Tom will come good. He's a, he's a very good player. After Murray's reflections on the two internationals, I then asked him about what it's been like touring England and Wales during an Ashes summer. We spoke off air. This is You said your fourth or fifth tour of, of the UK. What's it been like touring this summer? I wet mainly, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's it, 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 it tours in uh, uh, fabulous. I've had three tours with the uh, over sixties uh, team, and this is my first with the with the over seventies. Um, uh, you know, we, we just have a fabulous time here. The hospitality is sensational. Uh, um, the you know we get to see a good part of the country um, each time we come. Uh, we've been in some beautiful places. Uh, you know, we played at Colchester, we stayed at Harrogate, we stayed at uh, uh, Chelmsford and uh, and uh, Chester. Uh, we're in Windsor now. We've been we just came from Cardiff. Uh, it's uh, it's a wonderful experience for all of us. Uh, you know, we spend four weeks on a bus with uh, our our teammates and our, uh, our supporters, uh, the you know, wives and and uh, wags we like to call them, uh, and. Uh, Frankly, we just make uh, lifelong friends from 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 this experience. And uh, when we have our national championships each year, we all catch up again and relive the uh, the glory days. Well, the weather's just about improving now. When you're about to leave, <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, we've, uh, we've 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 played ten games, and we've only we've played uh, we only lost half a game uh, in that time. So cricket hasn't really been affected by the weather. It has been you know wet rather than. Uh, Rather than sunny on mainly on the days off, uh, but unfortunately the game that we lost uh, was uh, was on uh, Kent's uh, ground at Canterbury, which is probably the, the best ground we uh, uh, we were likely to play on. We got uh, we only got half a game in there, I'm afraid. But we have played all the others, uh, so the weather hasn't um, hasn't uh, you know uh, reduced the amount of cricket uh, to any great degree. It just hasn't been much of a summer, that's all. <laughs> and your Full side, the Australian side have gone home with the urn, or not literally gone home with the urn, but they've gone home with the ashes. They have, they have. I, I thought that was a fantastic series. Um, two very strong sides. Uh, uh, you know, we've got our own uh, our own view on the uh, on the uh, controversy around uh, around Besto, which I won't go into. Uh, um, but I think uh, I, you know, putting that. Incident aside, I, I don't think that was the difference between the sides. The uh, it was a, it was a well fought, hard um, Ashes series uh, that uh, uh, we were able to hang on there because we we were we were holding them. Let's get back to the Ashes winning skipper 
for his thoughts ahead of Sunday's third One Day International. John, you now move on to Maidenhead. What do you know about the ground there for the third ODI on Sunday? Um, I don't know a great deal, to be honest, Stephen. It, it's, um, it's supposed to be a nice ground like all of them. And um, I think somebody mentioned that um, it, it takes a bit of spin, but with a bit of pace on. So um, we'll see. Uh, you know, we, as I said, I've already said about our bowling that, um, you know, I think I've got bowlers who can bowl in all conditions. So, uh, and we are making a couple of changes. We, we've agreed um, that the two guys who haven't been involved in the first two in terms of playing, they've been to the games, but they are going to play, uh, which means, you know, we've got the difficult decision of letting, uh, letting two or three other players not be playing. So um, Trevor Spindler, from um, Berkshire, uh, used to play for Oxfordshire actually, but they don't have over 70s, so he plays for Berkshire. And John Hall from Surrey are both coming in. They were both in our tour to Australia and both made significant contributions there and have been a bit unfortunate really with the new guys who've come in. But So it's nice to give them the opportunity to play. You said on the first podcast you had a very strong squad of players. Yeah, I mean... 15 players and you know I, Trevor and John if they were Australian they would both be in their team but because of the fact that we've had quite a few fellas reach 70 our squad uh, from the Australia which was only in February um, has, has sort of uh, changed quite dramatically really uh, but you know uh things move on, don't they? And if, if guys come in at the age of 70 um, uh, and are available, uh, you try and pick your stronger squad. It's an international game after all, and that's what we've done. You still think there'll be the desire from the, the captain and the team to win the Series 3-0? 100%. We, uh, you know, we, we I, I don't think Trevor and, and John coming in... Uh, um actually uh make us any weaker at all um and uh they you know it, if there's a bit in the wicket they they can both bowl well and john john's contribution in the middle order um he's had a good season for surrey with the bat so uh yeah we we're looking to make it three now yeah i wouldn't have predicted that before like glenn mcgrath but uh you know uh I think all of us think that our squad is strong enough to achieve that. Well, Australia have beaten Wales this week. So uh, let's hear from Murray again to see what his thoughts are on the third and final ODI. You're raring to go then on Sunday at Maidenhead. Oh, absolutely. Yes. No, we're, uh, it's our, uh, it's our uh, last, uh, last chance. It's our swan song. We're, uh, we've got a game. Tomorrow against uh, Bucks and Barks at uh, Tapler, I believe, uh, and then we've got the uh, the game on Sunday, and then that's it. We're uh, uh, our tour is finished. What do you think you need to improve on on Sunday to win the third ODI? Oh, oh, well, uh, I mean, definitely our batting our batting hasn't been up to scratch uh, uh, in the first two games. We. I, I thought, uh, as I said earlier, I thought both the uh, um, uh, first and second that uh, the uh, whilst England batted well, it wasn't uh, uh, beyond our capability to uh, score those runs. We didn't we didn't bat very well, 
uh, and we just have to improve that. Um, uh, uh, I, you know, as I say, the, the England side is very uh, is very strong. They're younger. They're 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 better than us in the field, and we uh, we need to improve at that level. I think our bowling has been pretty steady and pretty good. Uh, and we've got some uh, we've got some crafty bowlers who, who who are doing the job, but their batsmen just haven't done it yet. Well, let's see what happens on Sunday, John. Will the game still again be available on YouTube where we can watch you on stream? I, I think so, yeah. I think they're trying to do that for all the games. Um, I can't guarantee it because I'm not involved with that, but um, I, I'm pretty certain that, that that's the case. It's certainly been on with for the first two games, yeah. And I must thank uh, Nick Andrews again today, not only for scoring those vital runs and taking those wickets in the second ODI, but also for um, getting uh, Murray Harrison to be our special guest on today's show. Uh, thank you again, John, for joining me on the paddock and the pavilion and the very best of luck for the 30 ODI at Maidenhead on Sunday. Thank you, Stephen. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Sports Social Podcast Network.